If you just focus everything on product, being a people person, so don't be an asshole, people like you, and then having an actual purpose that matters, that people can resonate with, you'll never fail. I don't know how you feel about having the second coolest hat of the session, but it's pretty good anyway. It's all right. I got mine, uh, I think, 48 hours before yours, so that makes me the OG and you the copycat. <laughs> that makes me the copycat. You sent a Grant Cardone quote that, by the way, I do agree with, but do you want to address the Cardone quote and how you've been using it for cash? Yes. So the Cardone quote, and it's I'm going to butcher it, but he says that nobody can beat his frequency no matter what, which means... He's everywhere all the time. He's got the I most I think it's your, your creative won't beat my frequency. Right. Something like that. Yeah, exactly, actually. Um, and I've taken that to heart. And for me, you know, been tweeting. If anybody follows me, like, I think between engagement, retweets, and actual tweets, probably like 30 times a day. Like, because I retweet all day. I'm engaging all day. And then I tweet as well three to four to five, maybe more times a day. Because um, I tweet, I usually schedule three tweets that are very like meticulous, and then I also shit post. I post memes, I talk all sorts of shit. But I, I literally will tweet about sports. I'll tweet about everything. But you, uh, when you say meticulous, is it like hard value tweets or like process tweets? Like, can you, uh, give me an example of a meticulous tweet. Confidence, actually. confidence proving tweets. So tweets where. Um, so what do you like tweet today, for example? So one of the tweets today that, so I'm going to skip to the end of our, our little discussion board, but one of the tweets, this was actually off the hip, but um, surprisingly, right, is uh, like, for example, I've invested like 30 grand into courses and masterminds and coaches and cohorts and all of those coaches, cohorts, masterminds and courses and all sorts of shit templates have just culminated into the product that we produce at, at my agency, right? Everything I create for my clients has a little bit of sauce pulled from all those places. Maybe like one course got me 10 different templates on our content. Another one's gotten me some sort of notion dashboard that we use. Another one got me a framework for storytelling, you know, tweets and clients has helped me with positioning and, and sawdust and all this thing, like pulling it from all these places. I mean, client Ascension, like client Ascension has had given us so much on the automation side and operations, you know, all this shit. So this is all stuff. I've, I have stuff from Sam ovens, like warm app style. Uh, I want to, I want to talk about like that tweet <laughs> specifically. Cause I thought it was, it was brilliant. I thought it was really, yeah. uh, really smart. And I'm going to tell you if another tweet I, I sent out that I thought was kind of smart too, but let's, let's go over the Cardone thing. You, you had a point over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's like, as much as I, I see a lot of, you know, competitors tweeting very much, in my opinion, the old school style, like very well written to show that almost like display that they're a good writer, which is great. I consider myself a pretty good writer, but for me, I'd rather put out 30 to 40 actions. I'll call them actions per day on Twitter than just do like one or two, like really well written listicle style tweets, right? Like I'm all in on frequency and so I'm- So an, an action would be like commenting and engaging. Comment, retweet, engaging. Gotcha tweeting threads all that like all day yeah i'm big on that one like you don't want to be ignored like a lot of people don't like me in the space but uh and some people do like me but like they i keep appearing you know like the tweet on the thing and then yeah. it's like some people block me and we're talking about it still and then uh the ghostwriter thing the ghost uh oh we, we gotta talk about that the don't hire a ghostwriter thread yeah yeah we gotta talk about it like a lot of people just hated it but still I was on the timeline. It was in an action, like you say. I've never heard it put it that way, but I like it. 
definitely like maximum frequency. Um, I think people undervalue frequency. I think too many people are they they're playing like a passive income. Like everyone wants to be a solopreneur. Everyone wants to win their time back. I'm like, you can keep your fucking time. I want to be on the timeline all fucking day. I am chronically on Twitter. <laughs> like I'm on Twitter. If I'm not in the real world, it's because I'm on Twitter. Like all day, like back and forth. I don't even care. You call me addicted, but puts me ahead. You know. That's right. I want to talk about that tweet you you said uh, that I thought was brilliant. I want to cover your tweet and then uh, I'm going to read your tweet and you tell me if your logic was kind of the same logic I I think you had for this and then I'm going to go over mine. But for you, I've now invested well over 30,000 bucks on courses for me and my team to round out our product and skills. Courses from Molina, Black Hat Wizard, Andre, Danco, Kieran and Justin Welsh and much more. Our clients aren't just investing in an agency or writer or a transformation. <laughs> this is good. They're gaining access to cultivated knowledge from across the Twitterverse to create the ultimate service. Why did you tweet this? Well, I tweeted that one because, interestingly enough, um, so I, when I first onboarded my team, and I've had the same team for a really long time now, we're kind of like the Avengers. It's like you and two other dudes, right? Yeah, me, two writers, and my executive assistant, Sonia. I told them from day one, if you ever want a course, I'll buy it for the team, and you'll have access. So Kieran Drew just dropped his new course like two days ago. One of my writers sent it to me this earlier today and was like, this would be a sick course to have access to. I just instantly bought it. And I just sent them the, the login information with the company email. And I glazed over the course and boom, found something that I can implement for my clients. So that's, what, that's why I tweeted it. The thought process is when I was actually, you know, crafting the tweet was I literally invested $30,000, which is much more than I charge clients. So it, it quite literally is so much like I have so much more value than what I'm charging. So that was that was number one, right? Like I'm crafting my offer in a way that it, it sounds extremely valuable because it is. And then number two is I'm tagging a bunch of big accounts so I get engagement. That's right. There you go. No, I, I was I thought it was really smart. Like I was like, yeah, okay, okay. When are you going to talk about the retweet? <laughs> I was like, fine, Marcos. But yeah. when, when you, I, I thought it was it was smart because you you put the bigger accounts and they're going to engage with you, and I retweeted it because you know you put me at the top, so it makes me look good. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I thought it was really smart. I feel like I got this from this account. I think it's Calicrates. On Twitter, Calicrates underscore, it's a Hercules flexing. He said that one of the best ways to network, it's don't try to network, but buy their stuff and implement it, get results, then come back and tell them how much it actually worked. Right. And that puts you like, you know, you're giving them something, you're giving them that sort of validation, but it's not an, an implicit ask. So I feel like that too was, was smart. Um, yeah, I just... Do you have anything to add about that? Or do you want to go into the next one? In the last part, the last podcast didn't go live yet, right? No, not yet. But by the time this one goes out, you'll be able yeah. to see it. So in that episode, for those who are watching, you should go back. We talk about, especially as a beginner, how to network. And one of the things I said on how to network is I just buy people's stuff. And then I go ahead and like be the star student and like I promote it for them. Like almost like affiliate marketing. Like I'll literally get someone's course. If you go back to my, go back to October. I tweeted out your stuff. I was tweeting out Dan Coe's stuff. I was like, this is the best course I've ever bought in, which is, it was genuinely true at the time. So like, I was like, this course was so valuable. I bought it from Dan Coe, he retweeted me. And I even, I was DMing him like in August or October or something. You, like I joined your paid group way back when and I was DMing you and- And talking, we're here. Right, like, and now we're here. Like I, the way I network is I, you have to give value, right? And if you're broke, or if you have, you're not cool, you don't have any expertise, you're not, you don't have a lot of followers, the only thing you can give them is money. It's a value, every relationship in business is transactional as Hormozzi would say, and when you're a small fish and you're trying to talk to a big fish, 
the only thing you have to offer is money. You have nothing else unless you're going to show up. I'd say social proof. Like to add a little caveat on that, when people say, yo, JK, your video was really good or I really like this, you're, you're getting a retweet. If you're not asking for it, you're getting a retweet. Of course. Right. Like I had a guy that said he summarized a webinar I did in a thread. And I was like, this is what I learned from the Molina webinar. I was like, oh, this is great. I was about to retweet it. But then at the last tweet, he said, by the way, follow me for more tips on XYZ. And I'm like, nah, that's not it. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not going to work. The other day I tweeted this. I sent out a screenshot of the folders in which I collect all the tweets and clients' testimonials. So it's like e-com and growth and marketing, whatever, right? So, and I tweeted the screenshot of all those folders and i said it took me an hour but i also finally put all the testimonials in folders from all the tweets and clients wins and then you could see that there were a lot of wins but you could also see that like what are the niches that people are in i thought that was pretty cool because then i keep retweeting it over and over again I like that. That reminds me of you kind of, I feel like you did what I was trying to do, but you did it way better when I tweeted out, um, when I wrote down all the niches I would work with for coaches and info businesses on a piece of paper and tweeted out the piece of paper. I wrote like 50 different niches, like e-com, fitness, web three, like all the different coaches that I would th I could think of and I tweeted it, but it didn't get me any leads, but that's the way that I should have done it, which I'm gonna... Well, now you can that. do it, you know, like, yeah. you, you, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing like, yeah, it, it really helps. And by the way, like speaking to a certain character, so underrated, like when you, they see ghost writers on, no, I don't want to use that example anymore because I, I oh, burned that rich. Here's yeah, a good go example ahead. because go you said you, you wanted to cover positioning and you think you overcomplicated it. Um, and it could be as simple as a gap that nobody's filling, right? Like you said, Tom knees, John sleep you organization right. me courses and programs like that's kind of like filling the gaps that are just you don't have to be necessarily different or necessarily better you could literally just fill the gap right right exactly and like even to go harder on that example like we're talking about like bios so the way i, I feel like a bio should be set on twitter it's kind of this children's toy i don't know if you guys have seen you've probably seen it so it's it's this children's toy that's like a box and it has holes in the shape of shapes right so like oh the triangle goes here the star goes here the circle mm. goes here right so i call that like the peg bio and i feel like that should be people's bio like a peg like nobody comes through if they're not qualified for the knee guy like he's closing a ton of clients and his bio is i fix knee pain like if you don't have knee pain you don't care for me it's if you have more than three thousand followers we triple your income if you have less than three thousand followers go to somebody else i can't really help you for you it's what, what's your bio now now it's we help coaches course creators and experts add 50 to 100k a month on twitter yeah, there you go. So fitness bros are not going to follow you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also yeah. have like my social proof there, like a million dollars plus in sales and a billion impressions for info businesses. So like very specific. I used to have like something super edgy and I was like, why would I do this? And I just You had like, number one Twitter marketing agency on earth building. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I thought about it and I was like, I, I just asked myself, like, which one do I think is going to get me more clients? That's all I ask myself. And I think this one will. I think the question you're asking is the right one. Get me more clients, not getting more followers, which is, for example, mm. software like like Birdie. Like I, I was using Birdie.so, which is basically an A-B testing for your bio. But then I thought, is this the number I want to be tracking? You know what I mean? Like, is this, is this actually what I want? Then I switched to like UTMs and actually seeing like, 
am I getting qualified people? Just by the way you asked this question, I was like, this guy hates indie hackers. So here, here's what it goes. You asked me, I want to know your thoughts on solopreneurship versus a real business. And I'm like, so solopreneurship is <laughs> not a real business? <laughs> okay, so where did this come from? I just see a lot of people selling themselves so short. Like they get into business. Let's just take ghostwriting. They become a ghostwriter. They get like two clients and then they're like, now I'm going to teach other ghostwriters. Now I'm going to drop an info product. You didn't even do anything yet. Like you didn't do anything. And I just think this is like the industry is really filled with garbage gurus and a lot of poor, poor, like low effort education. And I think it messes up a lot of beginners. And I feel like it gets harder and harder every day for a beginner to find the right place to be in terms of like a mentorship or something like that. It's just, there's so far and few between the good ones. And I think a lot of that comes from just like people get to 10K a month and they just want to teach people how to get to 10K a month. And this is why I've implemented the 10X rule for people. And I tweeted this. I'm like, don't invest in any mentor unless they're 10 times what you want to be. Chances are like they got lucky. Like business is very much like timing. And if they have only gotten to 10 or 20K a month, there's a high likelihood that they probably can't teach you how to get to 10 or 20K a month. I like that yeah. reasoning. For me, offers... It's the greater the claims and specificity of the offer, the less I believe it, you know? So to like, to me, the less hard the offer is, the more of a hint it is that it is probably a good offer, right? So if you go to Hormosis website, you go to acquisition.com, it's, are you ready to scale? That's the offer. It's not, this happens or your money back or I'll fly to Bali for you, right? right? right. It's like, so like right. the more people add it to the offer, the more skeptical I am of it, which is why I do believe, I do like it more when the offer is vague. So now we changed it to, we'll triple your income. We don't have any guarantees. We don't have any time frame. We just say this is like this is the North Star we're aiming for. And we have noticed personally that once we removed all those 1% tweaks instead of the 50% tweaks, we started getting way better lead flow. Have you found something similar? Yeah, something like that. Like we have really just dialed in on on like ideal prospect and like very minuscule, like kind of what you're doing, like a lot of micro adjustments instead of like big changes. I think that's where the money's made at a certain level like at your level like it would lose you more money to make a drastic change than it would it would gain you so like constantly split testing and getting one percent better here and there on your positioning i think that's what we do a lot with bigger clients clients who have a lot of followers already clients that are typically already are kind of low it's very much like what's gonna stick right i thought i saw really this is actually a good point i saw a really good tweet from jeremy moser who does instagram for 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 info businesses right and he was saying like you could post 90 videos and get nothing like no engagement but you could then post one and go viral and it sticks and now you have an angle and you could stick on that angle and go full steam on that angle right so that's kind of my mindset is like especially with earlier people in earlier stage of business and, and follower count is be more diverse find which angle is going to stick and then go all in on that angle instead of just telling them like we're going to do this angle because i don't fucking know i don't know what angle is going to work for you right every person's different everyone has different inflection in their voices everybody looks different came from a different background like you have no idea what the market's going to resonate with i love that because you know what the market resonates with because it tells it back 
to you. So let me give you an example. I invent 20 terms a day and most of them are bullshit. Sometimes all of them are bullshit, mm. right? I try to go with the false beliefs positioning, missing piece yeah. positioning. Nobody knows what the fuck that is, right? But then I mentioned whale bait and when I see somebody copying whale bait, I'm like, oh, this is a term worth talking mm. about. I mentioned sawdust and I didn't invent sawdust, right? It's it's a common concept. But then you said it and I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Likes in cash, right? That's what it was born. Likes right. in cash was born from like a tweet by jack butcher where he said engagement ain't cash and i said that's cool but it, it could be shorter yeah right so likes and, and then people started saying back to me so to me that's yeah. when you say what does the market resonate with of course it's what gets virality but when other people start telling you like the bullshit that you invented in your head that's how you know it's not bullshit it's something you could use it's probably something yeah, that reminds me of how like I came up with the birdhouse because you you were there when I started, right? I actually started as I was founder brands, founder tweets, like something else. Like I had all sorts of names and none of them stuck, right? But when I switched to the birdhouse, I got people telling me that this was a sick name. People really resonated with the branding. I got people then other competitors copying like my exact structure like I'm not gonna say their exact names but basically like if I'm the birdhouse there's like a bird villa and a bird apartment and a bird condo (laughs) 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 like like everybody actually just like stole the exact verbiage of my ghostwriting agency at the time so I was like must be good so now I have hats and I wear it to all the events I go to and I wear it on the podcast and I bought my whole team hats even my assistant in fucking ukraine is getting a hat like yeah. we're, going, we're all in on it right so like that's a good point on on the market will tell you yeah they next. they tell you like they reflect it back at you and let me guys the people who copied you all ghost writers oh of course and you know funny enough is like i forced people to like switch niches like a lot of people this is interesting like this is like pseudoscience but i told everybody i'm like niche down like and i i literally will tell people i'm like you're not gonna beat me at my niche so get a fucking other get another niche i'm like i'm like go to b2b go to web3 go to SaaS. but like if you're gonna be a my info niche with my similar name like good luck like i'll tell them straight up like you might as well go to like B&H because I'm like, I'm getting lead flow from other niches and I, I have to refer them out, right? I refer out ghostwriting and Twitter marketing, Twitter ads. I, re- I refer people out every other day and I don't have anyone to refer them out to. So for me, it's like you, like if you want to just niche down in a niche that's not my niche, I got you. I'll give you leads. Oh, there you go. Well, okay. So <laughs> we're, now we're going to, okay, we're going to turn our hats back. We're going to be the bad guy now. Okay. We're going to put yeah. be, be the bad guy and I'm going to be the bad guy as well. I'm going to put on my hat of the bad guy. The villains. So the yeah, villains. Here, here's, I'm me being the bad guy here. You know who's the best? Yes. Fun. Oh, he doing it too. Yeah. Okay. So this is a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) So you know who's the best funnel ever for tweets and clients? It's other growth programs. It's amazing how well this works because they end up with this huge audience and they can't monetize it. And yeah. then they're like, they come, they come to us and they're like, we just grew, but that was it, right? Like there's yeah, not, yeah. not good people. That was, that was kind of it, right? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, this is great. Like all the growth programs, all the growth gurus, we're partners and they don't even know it. They're my best lead flow sources. They don't even know it. It's great. And I, all, I, all shitty ghostwriters, by the way, for you, their publicity for you, they yeah. don't even know it. You know, that, that's how good positioning is. It allows you to yeah. harness positive and negative energy. I've done, I did two, two things in this regard. One, my, if you haven't seen my new angle, like I just started quote tweeting big figures that I think have ghostwriters and I'm just like, fire your ghostwriter. Oh, like, <laughs> like Andrew? I, yeah, I like quote, tweet, I quote tweeted Andrew Tate. I'm like, you got to fire this ghostwriter and hire 
hire us. Like, this is terrible. Because <laughs> you could tell, it's like so bad. Two is, like I had a call today, right, with a, with a guy who had 10,000 followers. And I go to this Tweemex. Uh, if, if you don't know Tweemex, the, the extension, Tweet Hunter bought it, you know what Tweemex is. It'll tell you all their top threads. And the top thread, 20 Chrome extensions that feel legal to know about, 15 visuals of that course. will change your philosophy in life. Like, I, he was like, he told me who his ghostwriter was. He was like, yeah, I have all these followers, but like, now what? <laughs> exactly. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, great. I wanted to lead into another another segment, which is affiliate partnerships. And I thought, yeah, I mean, some of them maybe pissed at me, but there's also probably something that could be done. So we get some lead flow. Uh, I don't know if I should reveal this alpha, but here we go. Welcome to the Relaxing Cash Podcast. This is where we don't hold, it, don't hold any punches. But we get a lot of lead flow from other growth programs. And they're like, yeah, but like I just grew and that was it. And I'm thinking there's a way in which I can, I can profit from this and still save their relationship with those guys and we don't have to like fight so here's what i did i went to a program this week and i, I got on a call with them and i told them yo some dudes from your program came to a sales calls here's what they said and i'm like what's your weakest link they're like monetization i'm like okay let's do something when it comes to affiliate partnerships like i feel like everybody messes it up it's like yeah just send this affiliate link just refer me people of course i'll refer you marcos don't worry about it but it's like there's no system right nobody has a system for that so what i did was okay how about this you can use me in your sales pitch right say that i'm gonna be there in your program or whatever and i'm gonna cover monetization and i just have one call out of the many that you'll host free like that's it all i ask is that in the end you let me pitch it so right there i got a plug you know for, for people to have growth he has a system an affiliate system in, in which i can come in and pitch my thing that adds value to their offer because it allows them to solve the objection of monetization but it also gets me lead flow and he's like what would you do it for free i'm like this is why because i'm going to pitch my thing and then i thought this is kind of similar to what marcos did in tweets and clients you became a coach and mm -hmm. You're getting a few clients right from from there, and I'm like, mm. oh, it's smart. It's the the way to get like affiliate partnerships isn't to be like, yo, please refer me because it's then then you're giving an ask. It's actually giving with an ask implicit in the give. You know, as in like, I'll mm. give everything to you, but like, by the way, like I'm just gonna pitch my thing. But after I've already done all this work for you, that will benefit you. Like you'd be stupid not to take this deal. 100%. It's just like kind of how we were talking about like transactional relationships, like relationships, a lot of a lot of times it just like just makes sense. Like the tweets and clients, like me becoming a coach and you guys helping me, if you guys get leads that are better for me than for you, that was like natural. It wasn't like, oh, let's make, it wasn't like, oh, that's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. Natural. natural. I feel like partnerships like, should be natural. Yeah. I didn't ask for the, I didn't ask, you didn't ask. It was just like so obvious that we were like, why, why are we doing this yet? Right. It was already naturally going to happen. Like, yeah. I prefer people to tweets and clients the last two weeks. They come on, they come on a call with me and I'm like, you're not really ready for me. So like, you need to like build a foundation, right? Go to tweets and clients, build your foundation, get to 30K a month, just like I did, then come back to me after and I'll get you to like a million. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and like I mean? for, for, for anybody listening, it's what other businesses could blend naturally to you, not competitively, because a lot of affiliate yeah. partnerships is like, you know, between writer and writer, it's like, oh, you like send it to your to your list, but like you want to monetize your list as a writer, as a writer, you're not going to send another writer's course. Like it doesn't make sense. But like, where would it make sense? So let's say, I don't know, you're a shoe repair company, right? Where would it make sense? You wouldn't talk to other shoe repair companies. You would talk to the shoe shop, 
right? Yeah. Like who, who doesn't repair? It's like, oh, by the way, if you use our shoe repair card, you get a 50% discount on that place, right? It adds a value to the offer, right? So like where other offers can you blend in? naturally is like the way to do affiliate partnerships and give them a system don't just tell me please refer me business tell them at this day at this time you send this and this is what happens right and make it easy for them so that they're like you mean like i you do all the work and i get all the cash and the value it's like yeah, yeah. like that's how it works right like yeah you you being inside tweets and clients doesn't cost anything you know but you get access to the lead flow which is just such a natural conversation to have such a natural transition I'm interested in your take on the different styles of coaching programs, especially like a lot of people listening, right? Like everybody's usually on the fence about something. You've done them all, right? You've done a one-on-one, you've done one-to-many, like tweets and clients, you've done a free group, you've done a low ticket group, maybe you've done a regular course. Like what is your thought process when doing all of these things? Why, what is the pros of like a one-to-many like tweets and clients now versus for example, a low ticket or for example, a one-on-one, like what do you think the pros and cons are? And why did you land on what you have now at Tweets? Would you call it a one-to-many or more like a cohort? What would you, what would you classify it as? Group coaching. Group program. coaching? Yeah. yeah, it's like a, it's like Community. a- Community. Yeah, cohorts That's are it. like quarter, quarterly, right? Yeah, cohorts, they have a definite, definite end. Tweets and Clients doesn't yeah. have a definite, in a definite start. You kind of can join in, whatever. To me, it was, again, there's many, like, many ways to skin the cat here because I wanted to build a low-ticket community after I saw what Justin Walsh and Dan Coe were doing, which is like, the main thing was recurrent revenue. And it's like, oh, these many people times 40 bucks a month, 30 Mm -hmm. bucks a month, it's gonna turn into this. And then I'm gonna be able to capture a bigger share of the market. But personally, I just really didn't like it. You've heard this analogy, but I'm gonna tell it again. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we have three resources. We have bronze, silver, and gold, which is bronze is money. Time is silver and gold is attention. It's where you focus your attention. Let's see if the yeah. market lets that one stick. <laughs> yeah. And and to me, when I was driving the low ticket thing, I was getting a little bit of bronze money, but I was trading gold for it. It was so hard. Everybody was asking questions and I had to come in. And it's like people want, were paying cheap money for expensive help. And I wasn't willing to do that. I wasn't willing to like attend every single question because if I'm going to answer the same question, I might as well talk to the guy that's paying me more. So that's why I ditched it because I didn't want to like focus so much attention because it, it will attract a lot of people. You were making good money though. With the community? Yeah, it must have been this, like 20, 30 grand a month. No, it was like 10. Uh, only like 10 yeah, it was enough. like like eight or ten not to say that that's a small amount of money but like it could have been way bigger if i focused my attention on not building that and building my like single business instead so to right. me it was like it didn't it didn't really make sense because i was trading gold in order to get bronze back so courses i, I still don't believe either in low ticket courses unless you have like andrew tate volume Right, unless you have right, like right. Danco could pull it off, for example, right, too, right? Because yeah. Danco is like a celebrity. Did I tell you that I was introduced as Danco's friend? These That's fuckers. Hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. But, you deserve it. Yeah. Thanks. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the good guy hat. I believe that if you had, for example, a lead magnet, a cheap course, and a high ticket program, whatever offer it is, even if it's coaching a community or whatever, it's high ticket. I believe that you would make more money if you made the course free and use that as a lead magnet and that would lead to the high ticket thing because what is the course like 50 150 bucks right yeah. it's, it's not it's not going to be like life-changing money it's going to be like feel good money for me there's only two price points now in my business zero or expensive and that that's is it. like uh like hormosi that's kind of how I've, I've been thinking a lot because i've been wanting to do like 
helping people build the foundations of an info business, how to set up a school, how to record videos. Like for a minute, I was like, you're going to teach ghostwriters. No, 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 please. No, no, no. No, not again. No, no, no. <laughs> no I've been getting, I've been getting DMs all the time about it. And like, I've talked about it and I've totally thought about it. And I'm just like, it's such little money. Like, I just don't want to work with like beginners. Honestly, I like, I'd rather work with like top, top people that have like, you know, a sense of direction. Why? I, I really, I really, it's just, it's just like for me like business is just a little bit more than about the money like it's about like actually enjoying what i do and i get no enjoyment out of working with beginners and i know you don't either it's really it sucks so bad to work with beginners it's not fun what what do you think is it exactly what do you think it is you know what it is it's that knowing that 90 percent of people are gonna fail anyway it just bothers me to talk to like i'm just like talking to like it's almost like talking to a wall 90% of the time. You just like, in general, in entrepreneurship, or what's the stat, 90% of people fail. So that means if you just apply that stat to your coaching, 90% of the people you talk to are gonna fail or they're gonna be get mediocre results. And like, that bothers me. Like, I only wanna work with people that are gonna achieve, I want 100% success rate. Like in an agency, I can get, 100% success rate. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. everything is back to me and it's not just it's not just my clients. So if it's teaching, like you could have the best course in the world and Alex Ramosi talks about this. It's like you could have the best course in the world but it's just not the right time, not the right person and they're still going to fail and then they're going to call you a scam. It's like, I don't even want to have to deal with that in any of that. Like I'd rather just work with people who are already successful and then just help amplify them to reach their mission. I like it. I don't know. I've heard this on a podcast, but the completion rate on Udemy courses, it's like 7% or like it's single digits. It's very so low. Bad. Maybe you could do the best course in the world, but still not. It's it's not that your course sucks. It's that like just people don't don't complete things. And I'm like, I was, I was done, man. Like, I'm gonna tell you. So I have my, my crew of friends in Guatemala. There's like a two or three of them that are like, yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna make money and they're hustling man. like these guys are killing it But I had another group of friends, you know my high school college friends and I was really trying to push it into like them It's like yeah, hey guys, there's money here. Like let's come let's, let's make money together But like they wouldn't and at some point I just gave up. That's it. Like sorry, man Like you don't want it. You don't want to do it Like why and then my friend he had the same situation in which he got to a relative level of, of, of success and then he wanted to like bring a friend along. He's like, bro, we should totally bring him in. He has potential. I'm like, don't push him. Don't push him. Because if he wants it, he'll come. But don't push it. Right? Like at beginners, there has to be that will. And right. I'm, I'm j- I was just tired of trying to instill that will in people. Yeah, I hear that. Okay, so how about, how about uh, courses and, and info products and one-on-ones? What do you think? How did you land in yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so for me, it's like I've bought a lot of courses growing up you know I'm 25 now I've started this in like when I was like 19 so I bought a lot of those like lower ticket courses and they just don't do anything for me like the group coaching and I, I often relate tweets and clients to kind of like an MIT you have you're, you're with a bunch of people who are doing the same thing and you're learning something very specific everyone has like a little bit of a different major like there's some coaches some agency guys everyone has a little bit of a different major but you're going through a proven high octane almost like a university. Like that's what I love. I'd much rather be in something like that and I found in, like crazy success with this level, with this kind of thing, like in tweets and clients or client ascension. What I've come down to is that these low ticket, $150, Justin Welsh, Dan Co, Kieran, they're very good to learn one specific thing, like watching a video on how to tie a tie. 
you learn a thing, right? You learn a thing. So in Danco, for example, two hour writer, like what did I learn in there? I learned how to do content repurposing and like a content ecosystem. In Kieran's, I, in Kieran's thing, I learned really well how to format a story in, on Twitter. One specific thing, like I, that's how I buy the courses, right? A lot of these courses teach other stuff. They're meant to teach other stuff, but the way I buy is to learn one thing. And that is going to give me my ROI without you having to sink 30 hours into the course, which is usually what they have, right? They're usually like 30, 40 hours. Like, I don't want to waste 30, 30, 40 hours of my time. Like, you know what I mean? What do we charge for hour consulting, right? Like, that's a lot of time to invest into a course that if you're paying 150 or 200 bucks for, and then you invest 30 hours of your time, it wasn't worth, you didn't pay 200 bucks. You paid thousands if you include your time, right? So I just kind of buy the course, find the thing that I wanted and then just like learn it and then boom, I'll just apply it. That's a technical way of looking at it. You know what I've found better than courses and nonfiction books personally, bro? Hack biographies or autobiographies. Hack, yeah. absolute hack. It's crazy. Dude, let Hell me tell yeah. you something about the Mongol. Have you ever heard the Genghis Khan, uh, read the Genghis Khan biography? I know a bit about Genghis, but I didn't watch the, I didn't mean, I didn't read the biography. Tell me though. Bro, that dude, he stepped into a building like twice in his life. It's always on TVs and riding horses. Like the dude was like born riding a horse. And there's like so many lessons as in, for example, right? He, when he went to villages, he gave them the option, like kind of what you said right now, actually. He gave them kind of the option as in like, okay, well, there's an army and we're going to kill you or you could be an ally. Right. And then they turned into allies, but then they kept him weak. That was the craziest thing. So for the Mongols, all they ate was like milk, cheese and meat. But on the villages, all they left was like grains and vegetables. Right. So that when war was coming in, they would start like shelling them meat and and, and, and eggs and stuff. But like, meanwhile, they didn't want any trouble. They'd keep them with, with vegetables and grains. So you can use those little examples and just extrapolate to, yes. to many things. Like look up like who has like the, the life you want. If they have a biography, there you go. You have like a, a huge like blueprint you could follow from that. It's so cool. It's so cool. Like filter by your personality type and look at what mm -hmm. they did, right? And then right. You, you can get their biography. So I don't know. I just learn more from that than courses. That means I need to, I want to, I'm going to get the, the Shakespeare if there's a Shakespeare biography because he's like the famous INFP. But um, I just read, so I've read um, Stephen King's biography like la a little earlier last year. Just finished Shoe Dog, Phil Knight. Um, and I'm now on Sam Walton's Made in America. So I'm on this grind, like I love memoirs and, and bi biographies, but something I pulled from Shoe Dog, Phil Knight, is that, and this is where I really got into product. I've just been all in on product ever since I read this book. Like the way Phil Knight and, and Bowerman, who were the, the co-founders, owners of Nike when it started, it was actually, it was called um, Blue Ribbon back in the day. They were experimenting all the time with their shoes. They were putting rubber into waffle makers to create the soles. They were going to factories in Mexico and New Hampshire and Tokyo and Taiwan. And they were just testing and testing and testing all sorts of things. The Cortez, all different shoes, the Tiger. They experimented so much and that's how their product got good is because they just constantly iterate, iterate, iterate after they get client feedback from their track athletes, clients. And they would just, what, how did your knees feel? How did, did you run faster? Is it lighter, et cetera? And that's how they built Nike, right? So that's how I've just taken that approach into the birdhouse. And I, I met, that's, this is where I, I literally DM'd you like two weeks ago, right after I finished the book. And I was like, there's so much we're gonna, we gotta improve in Tweets and Clients. And we just, you did. Like, if Tweets and Clients has added like 50 features. <laughs> yeah, product is the main thing. From like, 
you're struggling with lead flow, create a better product, customers become your lead flow, right? They talk to others. We're struggling with sales, create a better product, your pitch is better. You're struggling with content, make a better product from that sawdust, you create the content. Struggling with reputation, create a better product, people talk about you. It, it was just from the way I started my day. Before I used to think I wake up, first thing I did, tweet. So I thought marketing is the main thing, sales is the main thing. I now focus on product first. And from what I create with product, that's what comes out into the world. Yeah. No, I want to say one more thing, and then I wanted to get to the, the retweets. Go. <laughs> so real quick, uh, this just reminds me, and I, I talked to Andre Haykal about this, but my version of the three Ps is people, product, and purpose. If you just focus everything on product, being a people person, so don't be an asshole, people like you, and then having an actual purpose that matters, that people can resonate with, you'll never fail. It What's your sense. purpose? My purpose is to change the education industry because I don't want it to do people dirty like it did me. We'll talk more nice. about that in episode 75. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, do that. we'll do that in the next one. Maybe we could do it more often. I like yeah. doing these things, man. I, I mean, love we could it. Do it. We, could do them. we could do them all the time. I mean, we're never going to run out of topics. Yeah, it's fun. But uh, retweets, go. Yeah, you use you said you really wanted to ask me about retweets. So how do you how do you do retweets? Like how do you control like because the people that sell retweets personally are just hustle mindset motivation accounts and I've seen so I'm like right yeah I don't want that. The short answer is don't use any paid outreach or paid promotion or anything like that if you are B two B. You're you're hurting yourself. If you're you're trying to reach out to other businesses, like they're not following these accounts. The business people are following the JKs and the Black Hat Wizards and the Andres and the Mees. <laughs> like that's who that's who business people are following, or like the Sampars and the Hormoses, right? Clients or sorry, consumers are following these hustle mindset accounts because they're trying to break out of the fucking matrix. <laughs> so if you, the, the simple answer is if if you're B2C, that the more dialed in answer is kind of how we said the 90 pieces of content and then one sticks and you have an angle, right? Don't amplify and I learned this from Nick Rogers and Logan Fitz. I, I learned I learned a lot from everybody, right? From Nick Rogers and Logan Fitz, they don't do any paid promotion, no ads, no retargeting. No, nothing until they have an angle that they know is going to stick. So they're going to take your content and they're going to see what sticks first. So if you sign and you already have an angle that sticks, then you amplify, right? So you have to know what angle is going to work first, because if you just try to put a bunch of traffic on a shitty angle, nobody's going to resonate anyway. How do you find that? How do you find that angle? Like practically? The best way to do this is market research, in my opinion, um, depending. Let's just if we had an example offer like fitness, right? Who is killing it in fitness on Twitter? Soul bra. Alex Freinberg. Dango. Dango. What are their angles now? So like, are they targeting 30 year olds who are overweight? There's the one that's really popular is entrepreneurs who don't have time, but still want to get jacked. Um, another one is for people like Soul Bra, it's super esoteric, like eating fucking like raw liver and they eat books or something. I don't know what they do. That side Bro, of Twitter is I saw, I saw a thread <laughs> that was a fitness coach. He's like really, really hardcore right wing, I think. And he goes, yeah. hey, this is the thread so you can get traps like Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he said a big dude, Michelle Obama's traps are huge. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that. If to close this out, like I just want to say one thing, like I don't care how healthy it is. I'm never eating fucking raw beef for some shit like you guys are fucking nasty <laughs> like these guys are disgusting like they're how about, how about raw fish though beef. like 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 sashimi oh, your salmon that's good 
that's meant to be eaten that way. There's just okay. no way that you enjoy eating raw ground beef. That is gross, and you guys are all kidding. Like, I want to get. I gotta get the code on this podcast. He has a huge, huge, incredibly funny story on this, but we'll, we'll look into that. But um, yeah, thank you for coming, man. If you want to hear more, go to the Likes and Cash podcast. You can find Marcos at at it's Marcos Ruiz. That's R U I Z on Twitter, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios. Cheers.